Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm gonna be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate i'm pat nevin this is ali riley hi this is ruben off the cheek and you're listening to the london is blue podcast welcome back chelsea fans to another episode of the london is blue podcast your home for all things chelsea fc dan mike nick and myself cover all the match reviews from the latest chelsea matches we cover the team news and even throw you some exclusive interviews thank you already for being an awesome listener and you know what let's jump right in Welcome back to our annual Keep, Sell, Loan podcast. So excited to be doing this again this summer. Uh, Joining me, as always, are Nick, Mike, and Dan with special guest Joe Tweeds. I tell you what, Joe, our listeners are getting a special dose of you this summer and uh, no complaints so far, so we're doing well. (laughs) I'm glad about the no complaints part. It's good. there, there There are complaints. I've just hidden them away. Uh, well, and they're usually for Nick. And yeah. if anything, you know, it's summer fun time. And Joe Tweeds is like the suntan lotion. He's blocking out all those negative UV rays and bringing the goodness to today. I'm going to put that on my CV from now on <laughs> compared, compared to suntan lotion. <laughs> First time for everything. So we'll just go ahead and run past that. Uh, but for those of you that are unfamiliar, uh, we've been doing this for a few a few years now. Um and I think it's kind of caught on. So it's fun to see other people doing this as well. Because what we do is we go through the first team squad and we say, should we keep them? Should we sell them? Or should we loan them out? Maybe they can get some more experience. And we just kind of go through and talk about where the club's at um, from a roster standpoint. And so it's like our little chance to, what would you say, like play director of football, play uh, Marina and, and Bruce Buck for a little bit. Um, obviously all of these are our amateur opinions, um, but the idea is to get the conversation started about where we are as a roster. And obviously we want you all to get involved and tell us if you agree, if you disagree and everything in between. So, um, before we get into all of that, Dan, we have some business to take care of some people that have earned some special plaudits from us. Well, that's right. We do have two new five-star iTunes reviews for the podcast or Apple podcast reviews because Apple's actually killing iTunes. But Kid Miho and True Blue Forever uh, with the number four EVR. 
both left wonderful five-star reviews thanking us for doing the show. We are super appreciative. If you want a shout-out next time we do a little recording, just head to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review, say something funny, say something very nice about Nick's wonderfully gravelly voice, and we will talk about that on air, and thank you for your time. So, Also, I believe, Brandon, we want to thank someone who joined us on Patreon. We sure do. So a huge shout-out to Raphael. We appreciate you joining, Uh, and we'll see you in the Discord servers talking about this one because you know this is going to create a lot of conversation, which is why we love it. So first up, before we get into the thick of it, uh, we want to remove a few players from the conversation because they've signed extensions that keep them with the team beyond the season, and it would be a little weird if we signed someone to an extension and loaned them, but we did do it with Eduardo. We, we did, but... Legend. Uh, <laughs> we yeah. signed him and then loaned him to Vitesse so he could be get his coaching experience while on staff there. Only exception. We, we are charitable in some facets of the club. Sometimes. So as of June 16th, 2019 day, we are recording. Willie Caballero has signed a one-year extension. Olivier Giroux, uh, we, ex- what would you say? We activated his Forced extension. Forced a one-year extension? <laughs> we activated Four. the clause in his contract for another one-year extension. And David Luiz, earth-shattering, signed a two-year contract extension at the elderly age of over 30. So kind of kind of un, un, uneasy in the locker room these days as uh, Chelsea have finally uh, broken their, their rule of no contracts for players over 30. So uh, we do have some confirmed departures. I don't want to take all the fun away from you guys. So Nick... Uh, you know, try to make this as um, less painful as possible. For for what? For our departures, the poor guys that are no longer at Chelsea. I mean, geez, right. show them some Oscar respect. Season, like, you know, you want me memory? to run through the entire list here? All right. Uh, fairly well to Gary Cahill, um, a captain, uh, primarily in title only last year uh, due to playing time, but. He is off to find uh, more of that and and hopefully has a really good end to his career. Uh, so that's a fond farewell. Legend Dan, Rob Green, um, departing the club. Uh, he was nice enough to give us a little bit of interview time in Boston. So uh, he will always uh, you know remain high on my list. Uh, Kyle Scott gone. Todd Kane gone. I haven't heard from, from Todd Kane in a while. Ruben Samut gone. Eduardo, Brandon's favorite goalkeeper, gone. Uh, Fincati Dabo, boy, butchered that, uh, gone. Uh, Bradley Collins, gone. Jared Thompson, gone. Martel Tyler Crossdale, gone. Um, Quintero, gone. Ola Ana, Joe's favorite uh, right slash left back, uh, is sold to Torino for a criminally low fee um, somehow. So it's a list uh, that's heavy. With, uh, with youth talent uh, primarily, but a couple of uh, older, more established players who, who needed to either retire or find new pastures. Hey, well done. Appreciate that. And those guys, you know, earned a little shout out so we can, uh, you know, for all of our investigator listeners, that's why we are not talking about them. So um, I think we can go ahead and jump right in. Let's see if we just randomly pick a place to start. Goalkeepers. Perfect. Love it. 
Uh, we'll start Shock with the best. And surprise. Boy. So. Yeah, boy. Um, Brandon, should we also highlight the fact that we have gone into this Keep So Alone with the what is current today, that there is a registration ban for Chelsea in this window. So we are approaching it from maybe a different mindset um, because there's not a purchasing option available to Chelsea as we are recording. Sure is correct. We appreciate that. And I would also say that we probably didn't map out all of these rosters to be perfectly aligned with homegrown rules in either. Uh, so let's just kind of go at it from a little bit looser of a perspective. So uh, right away, goalkeepers, you've got Keppa, Aretha Balaga, Willie Caballero, Marcin Bulka, Nathan Baxter, Jamal Blackman on the roster. Uh, so Keppa, as we all kick it right off the bat, that was a clean sweep, as we all said, keep. Um, Tweeds, we did have a, a weird shot that he might be on the coaching staff next season as well. Is that has that been confirmed via your sources? Yeah, he's uh, he's both goalkeeper, goalkeeper coach. I think he's potentially first assistant to Lampard and maybe sporting director as well. Smart, <laughs> smart from the the team to see his strengths and to reward him for the for those abilities. Uh, one you might not have heard of as much as Nathan Baxter. Uh, so he is. Uh, been at the club, you know, since 2005, young, coming up the ranks, under 21. Um, a little bit of a split here. I said sell, but it looks like most of you guys said to loan. So, Dan, do you want to be the representative for the loan team? Well, I had a very successful loan this season in, in League Two. So, ultimately, you know, very young, could continue his career, be very successful, um, earn some, you know, player accolades from the club as well and um yeah i mean just a uh, good to have depth in the academy especially as marcin bolko looks likely to head off to psg so yeah uh the only thought would be is you know who's our third goalkeeper going to be and that's probably where maybe there'd be some thought about trying to keep him around but you know i i would definitely think that you know we have a few options from to pull from all right does anyone have a burning desire to get in on this conversation no all right jamal blackman so um he unfortunately after a good run as well in in um the lower divisions unfortunately broke his leg i believe so i think we have to keep him rehab him do the right thing uh so by default we'll keep but unfortunately i don't think he's going to be doing much for us on the roster uh, and then the last one I would say is Marcin Bulka, but he has left the club. I'm pretty sure that has been confirmed, and it sounds like he might be going to PSG. So as it stands, if we just have Keppa and Willie, we're going to be looking for a young goalkeeper to round out that third spot. And Joe, or no matter what, though, if he's young or old, he has to be what? Homegrown. <laughs> English. That's damn yes. right. So we don't use a foreign spot on our third goalkeeper. So... Um, with that being said, uh, we can move on to the lesser players in this. I'm only kidding. Defenders. Uh, so, Dan, run us through at least the roster of defenders real quick, and then we can start uh, down the line. Oh, boy, there's a lot. Well, we have Alonzo, Rudiger, Zappacosta, Christensen, Azpilicueta, Luis, Emerson. Ampadu gets listed as a defender here. Uh, Teach, Loba, uh, Clark Sal uh, Salter, De Silva, Michael Hector still exists. Reese James, Thomas Callas, Matt Miazga, Homeru, uh, Rama, Baba Rockman, and Dujon Sterling, Tomori, and Kurt Zuma. So quite the list of defenders to pull from. 
some who probably will never play for Chelsea again. All right. Well, let's kick this one off with Davide Zappacosta. We were all unanimous and tweeds. I would be, this would be a missed opportunity if I didn't let you uh, weigh in on Davide. Yeah. So I said so. Um, I think he maybe is, is the pinnacle of this sort of buying very, very average players for large sums of money um, argument that I make all the time. You know, he, I don't even know how many games he's played for the club, but I mean, for the fee that we paid for him, unable to dislodge Aspilicueta, an incredibly expensive backup. And for me, that he's sort of the poster child of, of Chelsea's inability to to use academy players as squad players. Um, you know, what, is it, what, we, what did we pay for him? Like £28 million, £30 million, something like that. You know, that sort of money is... Is, is something that you could definitely combine together with other players, you know, that, that we've kind of bought in similar circumstances and go out and get a top centre forward or a top midfielder, top attacker, etc. So, yeah, I'm, I, you know, he's had some OK moments here. I don't think he's ever really shown enough to warrant being a starting calibre player. Um, but, yeah, I would uh, I would look to sell him at the first opportunity. Correct. Yeah, it's a it's a long season, unfortunately. So he's going to have to prove his worth over a long run. So yeah, we all said sell, which I think is interesting. Um, then you move to Andreas Christensen, Mike. Again, unanimous from us. Yeah, it's easy. I mean, young talent. We have some a little bit of health concerns and age, and you know, at the center back position, and he's homegrown, so no brainer keep them to be fair i believe tweeds and i were both cooling on our christensen stock though this past season of from like a mentality uh i mean so real quick tweets i just want to get your thought him versus zuma zuma okay well, okay <laughs> i didn't even have to give you a manager wow. or a system right and is that just because of like his strength and the way he attacks the ball and and maybe the way he plays the game or i think andreas christensen i think the more that i've seen him play i think if chelsea play a three at the back he's probably the first name on the team sheet but if chelsea play a back four i think kurt zuma starts ahead of him every game um slightly slight mentality issues to me maybe also physicality in terms of some of the games you've seen him get a little bit out muscled i thought he actually played pretty well towards the end of the season though when he came back into the team but I, I, for me, I, I would always want my defenders, at least my two centre-backs, to be physically imposing and, and other teams to be slightly scared of, of, of playing against them. I think Zuma has that edge, particularly in the back four, but it, it's a little bit, maybe a little bit system-dependent. I think middle of, the, middle of the three as a centre-back, I think he's excellent. Um, but, but in a back four, I would probably probably pick Zuma's, uh, Zuma's, yeah, Zuma's athleticism, his, his physicality, his, his aggression, his leadership, I think, as well, um, over Christensen. Yeah, I would say like if it really quick, Brandon, if we could buy players this summer, he would be one that I think I would try and cash in on um, and try and replace because I think, you know, he's probably the right age to to sell. And I'm sure other teams with different systems would would want him. But uh, given our current situation uh, or the the talent on our squad being what it is, I, I think he's a really good option. Yeah, and in other leagues too, right? Like Spain, you don't have to be that imperious of a ball winner in the air, um, you know, different things like that. But it, that's a good comment, Nick, because that just shows you how different the club have to play this because of the the transfer ban. Yep. All right, uh, Antonio Rudiger, talk about someone who scares you a little bit and you don't want to challenge. Uh, he's a contact contract through twenty. 22 nick unanimous again from us very boring on this podcast yeah you have to keep him he's he's a wonderful player um he he does need to improve and i'm, I'm interested to see how lampard system 
you know, kind of affects the back line more than almost anything. Um, you know, likely won't play as high of a line uh, as he was forced to this year. And I think one of the true, you know, two or three true leaders on the team. So for that alone and his amazing personality, uh, I think we're all going to we're all going to keep Antonio Rudiger. Yeah, no, no doubts about that. Um, you know, uh, up until the end of the season, he was definitely one of our, um, you know, one of our best players this season. So it makes sense. Uh, Marcos Alonso contract to 2023, almost unanimous. <laughs> Joe, do you, do you care to, do you, <laughs> I was gonna do you say, I had a feeling this one was going to come my way. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I put the slightly different option of putting him in the bin. <laughs> um, I think, I, I don't, I don't think I've, I've never really taken to Marcus Alonso. I think like some people have, and you know, for all of the, the important goals he scored, which I've been very thankful for as a, as a left back, you know, in terms of ability, in terms of his athleticism, I think just as a generally as a player, I mean he, he he's not he's not one for me. And again, you know, if this is someone that is being linked with Atletico Madrid or you know some of the some big Spanish clubs, you know, I I would one million percent cash on him this summer. Um, I don't think you know, if we're talking about a, a Lampard system, which probably you know is going to require some some decent athleticism from the fullback position. Yeah, I, I can't see Alonso really adding much if at all to to the squad. Apart from being on a, a significantly inflated contract for his for his ability, you know, great great left wing back under Conte, um, great maybe a great wing back in a different system. But if we're, again, if we're playing a back four, I just I just don't see any point in, in keeping him around. Um, Palmieri and, and a, a youngster can can deputise for for what he brings to the side in terms of his ability. Yeah, he's got great experience and he comes up with important goals. Completely completely see that, but. Preferably, I would like my left back to. I would like to have confidence in my left back defensively. I don't have much of that with Alonso. Yep. So I said keep question mark, which I know is totally breaking the rules. Um, I'm wondering that if you don't have an Ed Nazard in front of him, with maybe someone who's a little bit more predictable or maybe a little bit more helpful, even if it's like a William, I'm wondering if we'll get more out of him. Um, you know, to be. Fair though, with if a Frank comes in, what does he think of when he thinks left back? He thinks Ashley Cole, right? Yep. Like <laughs> sure does. That's his. I mean, standard. he went to this season too, so <laughs> yes, exactly. So you know, then it gives me some questions as well. But I don't know. Do you think Joe that if he had a little bit more consistency and solidity in front of him, he can offer more, or is it just more of a hey, just this play on athleticism for you? just is a deal breaker regardless of where who's in front of him um i think it might, you know again if he had a more defensively sound winger um maybe there's there's an argument to be made that he could you know he could sort of i suppose be be sort of semi useful but i i would much prefer my my winger to be the attacking player the one who's scoring goals the one who's making assists and the left back be the defensive one out of the relationship so um yeah i i just think it's a question of of defensively and both from an athletic standpoint, that it's it's just a no go in, in the sort of system that I think Lampard will will potentially bring into the club. So I mean, again, I've I've been fairly sort of you know consistent with my opinion on him. You know, I've never really taken to him as a player. So you know, if if a club is coming in with like a 30, 40 million pound bid for him or whatever the sort of figures are being thrown around, for me, I, I would bite the hand off for, for that and. and keep the money and use it to, to maybe sign a top-class left-back, you know, in, in the future. Yeah, I would say if, if he's being kept as a 
backup striker, then cool. Um, Because yes. <laughs> I, I think he legitimately possesses an incredible ability in the final third. But yeah, as a defender, he just leaves a lot to be desired. So I would I would sell if the opportunity arose. All right. Well, I will um, continue to wear my Marco Salonzo kit this summer just to make sure I can get some value out of it before it might be gone. So uh, next one up that we have, uh, super unanimous as well. Um, is Cesar Azpilicueta, but I'm going to throw one out there. I think his stock has dropped after this season. I'm not 100% sure about that. And I know I, I concede the point that he did not play uh, the best this season. I don't think the system was ever going to be a thing that he th- he thrived in. And if Sarri stayed, the opportunity for him to go was probably going to be there. But under a different type of system, I think he can regain some of his form. He's clearly, you know, at this stage in his career, not going to continue to get more athletic. So I, I will also see that point. But he's probably still our best one-on-one defender in the team, Joe, and a guy who's a legitimate leader and someone who I think most fans adore. So, I mean, I, I said keep as well. And I think maybe being some, thinking slightly out of the box here, Lampard was, was playing when Azpilicueta was a left-back. Yeah. Um, and I potentially would see Aspilicueta. I think actually probably, I mean, probably his best fullback performances have been at left-back compared to right-back. I think maybe the Sarri season where he played centre-back was probably his best year. But I think if you're talking about moving him to left-back and potentially someone like Reese James taking over right-back, I mean, that that to me would be a pretty good win. You know, we're talking about players coming back and, and everyone's fully fit. Hassan Adwoi with Aspilicueta being, you know, a more defensively solid player behind him. Seems quite exciting, and then you give Reese James the, the sort of keys to the right back uh, position potentially as well. So I think that that would work out for me. But yeah, I, I agree. I, I don't think he really excelled under Sari, and I think he looked a little bit, um, a little bit like like the game was catching up with him. But you know, we're not used to seeing him get beat. I think in, in as many one on ones as he was. Um, but I think as well his sort of leadership and character in the squad, and you can see the respect that a lot of players have for him as well. So I think that is uh, is definitely obviously a reason for keeping him around. No, makes it makes a lot of sense. We'll we'll have to see so much up in the air. Um, uh, unanimous Emerson Palmieri. So we all said we should keep. Uh, I, I would point out that there are rumors that Maurizio sorry wants to take him to Juventus. So, uh, but I think all of us would love to see him stay, especially with his athleticism and his just hard work and determination. Um, he seems to be a fan favorite when he's out there. All right, so you're listening to this podcast right now, London is Blue, and guess what? We host our podcast on Anchor.fm. That's right. If you're looking to host your own podcast, this is the easiest free way to get started. This has got a content creation tool that allows you to record and the podcast right from a phone. That's right. Don't even need a computer, but you can do it there too. They'll also help you distribute it, which is probably the most challenging part. You don't want to have to mess with that. They got you covered. You can get it right on a Spotify and Apple podcast, as well as any other place podcasts are found. And you know what? You can monetize it too. Make a little cash for sharing your great content with the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one individual place. So you know what? Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. Uh, Another one that I think we're unanimous, Mike, is Ethan Ampadu. We all said loan. You said keep, but then in parentheses said loan if it was to a Premier League or German club. Yeah, I I think it just all comes down to Frank's um, strategy. And if, if he has a spot for Ampadu, Great. I just don't want to see him languish on the bench. 
Um, I know this was a tough season, and and I, I think he probably would have had more time, you know, if he hadn't gotten injured. But um, I just, just want the best for Ethan. So um, if it means a good loan, then let's all you know, let's do it. If not, I'd love to see him in blue next season. Yeah, lot of questions about the why Maurizio kept. Ampadu, uh, when he got more minutes for Wales than he did for Chelsea. Uh, Kurt Zuma, we talked about him a little bit before. Again, down the board, Nick, keeps from everyone, which is a little surprising because I think about a year or two ago, I at least was open to selling him. But again, it's just crazy how circumstances change. And now we look at him as a valuable asset to our back line. Crushed this season with Everton too. Yeah, it's a major, it was a, a really good surprise to see him come back. Um, you know, it's been a couple of years since that gruesome injury now. And he's, he's he's a personality that's really easy to like. And he's also, you know, just an athletic monster, Joe. Um, so I think we're all, we're all hoping that he comes back and shows us his best. Yeah, I mean, I think it's right to say that it's taken him a little bit of time to sort of refine his feet after his injury. Um, maybe one of the most kind of unfortunate injuries that we've seen at Chelsea because he was really sort of stepping into his own as a player, you know, particularly under Mourinho, you know, I think he was he was showing a lot of strides forward. Stoke Plum was okay, but I think he's been he's been absolutely excellent at Everton. And I think again, we're not we're not really, I would say, as a club, in a position to, you know, to sort of start questioning maybe the technical ability of our centre backs given some of the goals that we conceded last season. So I think Zuma brings a really kind of solid and just just strong presence to the to the central kind of back areas. And I would also say as well, you know, when we think about Chelsea centre-halves over the past few years, when when Zuma was at Chelsea, he probably had the best individual performances against Harry Kane, against Sergio Aguero, against top centre-forwards. And I think maybe sometimes people people forget that, that he did keep top players quiet in a Chelsea shirt. So personally, I, I think he, for me, is, is someone that, that will start. And I, I'd be very interested to see what a... Uh, a defensive partnership of him and Rudiger looks like in the uh, in the future. I love that thought. I was going to say in in a season in when, which we're not going to be able to potentially bring in any transfers to have a starting center back coming back to the club. Um, and, you know, it's fantastic, and arguably he was the best part of the fifteen sixteen season until he got hurt. All right, next one up is Jada Silva. So myself, Mike, and Nick all said loan, but Dan, you and Tweed said keep. Why are you thinking about keeping Jada Silva this season in the first team? Well, we are going to need some depth when it comes to a couple of our positions. And if you're looking at bright spots of people who could progress into a first team or into a squad rotation role, I think Jada Silva fits fits that mold, especially you know as a defender, as a left back, and had a very strong season at Bristol City. And I think Joe, the only concern would be around is if Bristol City, you know, do have an option to kind of take him on permanently. But to me, he kind of fits the, you know, even if the height is a concern from the club perspective, has all the physical aspects you would look for in terms of moving the ball forward and crossing into the box that you want as a attacking option from the modern fullback. Yeah, and I think it's probably fair to say, and maybe I'm being slightly with some sort of tongue-in-cheek exaggeration here, but... If he was built, let's say, like Zion Williamson, for example, he'd probably have won the, the Ballon d'Or by now. But um, no, I mean, he, he's, he, he's uh, you know, the only knock that's ever really been against him in terms of Chelsea is his height. Um, you know, I think back to when Ashley Coe used to pet left back and, you know, occasionally guys would try and sort of, you know, shell crosses into his area. But I think, again, if you've got, you know, if you've got Rudiger and you've got Zuma in there, I think that kind of alleviates some of that problems that, that he'll potentially face. 
you know, he's the same size as Jordi Alba. He's the same size as Philip Lahm. So, you know, obviously there are players that have had a lot of success at fullback who haven't been particularly tall. But I think just just as a player, you know, I think uh, look at his ability, his ability to to link up on the left-hand side. You know, he's got this sort of great kind of modern fullback skill set. And I think also he's also the England under-21 captain. So he's got elements of leadership and he's got a lot of respect for his ability, you know, kind of, of, of people of a similar age as well. So I'd like to keep him around. I think he could genuinely push you know, uh, Palmieri and, or Alonso um, for uh, for the sort of the backup spot. And, and maybe even if he was given a run of games with, let's say, some slightly more physical players at centre-back, that I think you could you could see him maybe even sort of pinching a, a spot. Probably a, maybe a dark horse, because I think uh, probably Morris and, and, and Edwards probably like him and have probably worked with him quite a bit. And I know that, that he's... He's obviously a player that's, that's very well thought of in the Chelsea Academy, so maybe one to keep a keep an eye on if he's kept around the club. Very interesting. We'll have to see how that progresses because I think he's probably one more on the fringes for what Chelsea you know. Uh, Reese James uh, tweets, I'm going to have to call you out on this one because we all said keep, <laughs> but you said keep come a captain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a... Uh, so, uh, I don't know. I mean, I think people who probably listen to, to any sort of podcast that I've been on know that I, I like technical players who are physical as well and I think Reese James is is sort of the, the kind of epitome of a modern player you know so the guy who who finished the season playing up in the central midfield for Wigan who was you know completely you know just just really out of this world as a right back in his debut and you know we can talk about all the championship you know sort of uh, comparisons as much as you want but I think if you're looking at at an area of weakness I don't think we've really got an outstanding candidate right back you look at what Reese James did you know, in, in terms of men's football, in terms of his profile, you know, his his physical size, but also his his incredible ability on the ball. He's probably the best crosser at the club already. Um, you know, I think he is he's someone who potentially, you know, for me, I'm looking at maybe a couple of months into the season to be our starting right back. And again, I, I think he has immense leadership qualities for for someone so young to be such a pivotal player. You know, there were talks of Wigan fans um, who've been watching for ages saying that he's the best player they've ever seen play for Wigan. You know, got given the captain's armband for his last game. He's he's been a, a captain of of Chelsea's uh, academy. I think he he's one to keep an eye on because he just has he has a little bit of JT about him. When I see the way that he conducts himself on the pitch, the way that he stands out for other players, the way that he just doesn't take any BS from anyone. So, yeah, I'm a bit obviously a big big fan of him. But I think you know. Maybe not, maybe not captain next season, but but maybe in a in a few seasons he's definitely one to keep an eye on. We a lot of hype. Uh, we're just got to see how he recovers from that injury. Yes. obviously, but high high potential on that. Uh, Fikeo Tomori, we're a little bit split on this as far as keep and loan. Um, obviously, there's the Rudiger injury to keep in kind of in perspective but overall I think we have enough center backs probably the link to keeping I'm assuming is because of his season with um, Frank but I would like to think that Frank coming to Chelsea he will have bigger and better resources so Fikeo just might not work out Uh, Trevor Chalaba uh, also listed as a defender Uh, we pretty much all said loan but Dan you said Something about a sneaky keep in here. What what in the world are you talking about? Well, he also plays midfield as well, and I think there it, it always is nice to have some players who have a positional flexibility to them. So, you know, if we look at our midfield and if we find there's not necessarily the right number of options available, that's where maybe a Chalaba backup option or rotational option could be a nice thing to have. Just it's really dependent upon how we feel about where the midfield depth is, which is where we're going next. And maybe we can, uh, maybe we'll change your minds after you just review 
what the future looks like. Nick's Darkest Timeline. Yeah. Yep. All right. Hashtag Nick's Darkest Timeline. Um, so midfielders, ton on the roster. We've already had some discussions about Loney's coming back and, and adding depth. This is definitely a place in the team. I think we can all agree that there were some depth issues this season. So um, when it comes to where we go from here, I think this will this will be interesting. So uh, first one's up, uh, Jorginho. So it looks like we all say keep unless, Nick, there's one potential transfer option for him. Yeah, if, if, uh, if Sari wants to come back and pay a ridiculous premium uh, for him, then uh, I, you know, I think that would likely be a, a good option. Um, I, I'm kind of intrigued about how Frank could use him. Um, so it's, it's not because I think he's a bad player or whatever. Uh, plus we, it's not like we have the most depth in our midfield right now, um, given some of our injury luck. So I, I think there's, you know, it's kind of a flexible situation, um, that, that we're heading into, but yeah, if like Juve come back with like an 80 million pound offer for Jorginho, I think we'd be really stupid to turn that down. So, um, yeah. So keep and less big offer. I think that's, probably fair in a lot of our players, but I think the opportunity for it to happen with Jorginho is way higher than a lot of these other players, which which makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, like, Jorginho had a really strong end of the season, and I think Tweed's, a lot of people want to see more from him in in a second season. Yeah, I mean, I think once once Sarri adjusted his sort of defensive uh, sort of outlook, really, I think Jorginho looked a better player. I mean, I often felt really that the way that we attacked and kind of left him with sort of the two centre-backs by themselves, kind of hung him up to dry a bit. I still think potentially that I'd, I'd like to see a slight position change, either Chelsea play more of a, a 4-2-3-1 to, give, to sort of bring someone back a, alongside him to provide a bit more protection to the back four, or even see him push, push slightly further forward. He does play a little bit further forward for Italy. So, I mean, again, that's something that I'd like to see. Um, if, he, if he's playing as a lone holding player, though, that's a position I, I don't really particularly like him in. Um, I don't really agree with all of this, you know, register stuff and all this sort of stuff in the Premier League, to be to be clear about that. I look at City and how they've had so much success with a player like Fernandinho over the past couple of years, who's more of a, a ball winner first and more of a distributor to the other two central midfielders. And if you're going to play a 4-3-3 in the Premier League, you've got to have someone who has the ability to to almost stop counter-attacks single-handedly or to have the athleticism to really cover that back four. And I think that's where he, he struggled. Um but I, I, again, you know, I put that I would like to see him because I, I think potentially as well, given Lampard's let's say understanding of, of what it takes to be a Premier League midfielder, that he could he could maybe utilise him in a slightly different way because he's you know he's, he is a good player. Um, I just think that, that in in the Premier League in the system that he was put in in the sort of the tactics that were being used that he was left kind of exposed a fair bit. So it'd be interesting for me to see um, what what potentially could happen with him either playing a little bit deeper alongside someone else or actually being pushed further forward. All right, so one up that I think we should go to next is N'Golo Kante. And while we are all unanimous, Mike, you win this one without a doubt. We definitely need to clone him. Um, in a time in which we are lacking midfielder depth, um, if we could have more than one N'Golo on the pitch, we would we would serve you know we would solve world peace and uh, be <laughs> top four. Right. When when we're all sitting here going, hey, it's keep sell loan. We've now added the clone option. So keep sell loan clone. Uh, for N'Golo Kante. Uh, you know what's better than 11 Daves? Sorry, Aspi. 11 Kantes, without a doubt. Uh, Ross Barkley is next up, though. 
Uh, Dan, you win for being the most bemused of all. And we said keep, <laughs> but you you didn't just say keep, did you? Oh, begrudgingly. You know, you would like to have seen us put some type of investment into the midfield, but not being able to register new players makes that a problem. And Ruben Loftus-Cheek is currently injured. So as much as I, you know, understand there is a footballer inside of Ross Barkley, I would have preferred to watch others continue to get (laughs) the opportunity to excel this season. And, uh, you know, that's not what's going to happen. So we roll on with Ross the boss, and we hope that uh, the best Premier League midfielder ever can sparkle some magic pixie dust inside his brain and uh, make it work. Yeah, that's my light point on Ross is I think Frank has maybe the best bird's eye view of, of the type of player Ross can be. And if there's any any manager in the world who could get the best out of a a midfielder arriving late into the box and scoring goals, it's it's Frank. So let's hope that that happens. Right, uniquely positioned there to, to help him out. Next one up, highly controversial, is Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Um, <laughs> now, I think what we'd all say is, yes, we're going to keep him, but get the contract extension sorted out, Chelsea. Uh, you won't be disappointed on that one. Nick even coming in and saying, keep forever in all caps uh definitely Absolutely. no options there nick that was a command and and we read it as such keep forever yeah <laughs> all right so splitting up a little bit on mateo kovacic uh while most of us said return um it's kind of interesting to see mike you think maybe keeping him through january real's never gonna go for it but yeah i mean pipe dreams right i i get it yeah yeah you know Obviously, Frank is a much more intelligent footballer than all of us. And if he sees the need for him, then I fully support it. But I can understand sending him back as well. I'm, I'm kind of, I think overall, when you look at how kind of he available and, and somewhat solid, he was never amazing typically, but was a pretty solid player at times. And I think in a tough season, we need some solidity. So I'm a little bit more hesitant to get rid of him immediately and just kind of see how things go. Not for 50 million. I'll tell you that. Oh, no, no. That, yeah. That's the caveat. Not not to buy him. Uh, if we can extend a loan, great. But if, if we have to buy over 20 million, um, sorry, return to Sunder. Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely going to be over 20. Uh, it's Real Madrid. And that's what's ridiculous. Um, all right, Timu Bakayoko. I'm excited for this one, Tweeds. Uh, he had a good season at Milan, even though Gattuso couldn't keep the locker room in check. He's a battling box-to-box center mid. We saw some glimpses of what he can be at the end of Conte's last season. Battled some injuries, had to adapt to the Premier League. I'm positive, but what do you think? Yeah, I actually, um, I got to see him live. Um, what was it, in February time? I went to see Roma AC Milan. Um, I actually got to see him play live in midfield and, and the, the difference in his game, and it, it could be very much dependent on the Serie A being different to the Premier League, but he he just looked infinitely more confident at the time. And I think, again, you know, the, the, the fact that it's a transfer ban, bringing in a player who you know, has that sort of profile, you know, six foot plus, you know, he's obviously a very physical player as well. I think at times last season, you know, Chelsea's midfield, a little bit overrun sometimes physically. I think Bakayoko brings that, but also, you know, his game seems to improve from a technical aspect as well. So it would be very interesting to see, let's say, like maybe a 4-3-3 that has Kante, 
Bakayoko and, and Ruben in it potentially because then, you know, sort of it's very difficult to bully that sort of midfield. But I think, you know, Lampard maybe we will see a use for him either it's, if it's box to box or or maybe playing as a, a more sort of traditional screen in front of the back four. But yeah, I, I think he's a player that, that we have to keep, particularly given the, the transfer ban. You can't really sort of, yeah, I mean, you, you can't really go out and buy, obviously, anyone at the moment. So, I mean, his sort of skill set, potentially, if we're looking at the guy coming from Milan, it's going to be of use. Oh, without a doubt. Uh, another one up is Mason Mount. Um, we were all keep until Nick. Correct. Um, yeah, so I watched as much uh, Derby as I could last year. And I think, you know, the, the obvious connection with, with Frank coming back, I think, is... I don't know what I think most Chelsea fans were excited about with Mason. He's obviously a young, really talented player. I don't know if he had a fantastic year last year. And if that's the case, then I would question whether or not he's ready for the Premier League. So my best uh, solution would be to loan him out to another Premier League team and see kind of what happens there. I don't think that's what's going to happen, but that's just my POV, Joe. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one. I think with with Mason, I think a lot of it comes down to the perception that I think people originally had of him at Chelsea as a number 10. Um, I think actually probably now, after the season he's had at Derby, he's, he's probably more of a, a number eight. And, uh, you know, the, the biggest compliment you can play, you can sort of pay him is that when he was injured, Derby sort of collectively sort of fell off. And I think a lot of it comes from just how, how good he is actually off the ball as well as on the ball. So I think... I probably would have gone with you that if, if Chelsea didn't have a transfer bound, I think a Premier League loan would have been would have been the next move. But you know, given sort of I imagine that he he already is going to know the sort of tactics and instructions that's going to be expected of him from Lampard, from Morris, etc. Maybe that gives him a little bit more of an equal footing to the other players as well. But you know, I, th- I think Germany think he played pretty well. You know, he was one of their better players. I think Derby fans probably would would have agreed with that as well. Maybe you know that didn't have let's say. Uh, uh, a kind of a breakout season maybe like a Reese James did who was sort of obviously in the, the kind of championship team of the season but I think in terms of you know what he can add to Chelsea's midfield given as we've, we've sort of already mentioned the lack of real kind of depth and quality um, I think he, he will add something particularly when it comes to sort of the pressing game that Lampard likes to implement so you know I think that that, that obviously will go in his favour so I think he'll, he'll definitely be a keep be in and around the squad and I think he'll get opportunities and it's just a question of for him, whether he can actually take those in a similar way that, that Ruben did towards the end of last season. Well, and I would say, too, when you look at the championship final against Villa, Darby were a completely different team when he was played um, kind of further back and was able to play some of like the long passes uh, into the box. I mean, he really kind of excelled in that role. And I'm not sure if he has like a Fabregas passing range, uh, Dan, or or what you kind of think about that, but... Uh, to me, if if that's the case and he's flexible, then then maybe I could be convinced otherwise. Yeah, I mean, we're going to see a lot of demand for not just passing lane pressing, but pressing onto players in terms of trying to disrupt them. And Mason seems to have the engine to do both, right? To be prominent in both attack and defense. And, you know, I think ultimately we'll get a chance, especially with Ruben being out is if you look at where that midfield conglomeration is at right now, there's not someone who's going to add goals outside of someone like Mason Mount coming into the team. So very excited for him to come back. I think he's going to get a really good shot and opportunity. And 
might be able to cement himself into the squad if things go his way. You know, Nick, I, I had uh, Mason down as a loan originally until I read some more breakdowns uh, about Lampard's style, and I saw that he had the most uh, touches in the offensive third for Derby this season. And to me, in the vacuum of creative players in both, you know, Eden and uh, Ruben out with injury, I I could easily see him slotting in, and I think he actually does more to help us from a creative aspect and you know if he can get nine ten goals from midfield that would be an outstanding uh impact for the team um brandon so overall i think you know if ribbon was healthy i would see him as loaned but um i don't know maybe we'll see some magic from him it helps again with the frank dynamic if that plays out obviously it's a, it's a huge part of it uh but the last midfield we have is lewis baker uh you know i think joe i think you put it the best way obviously you know him really well too so I'm going to kind of let you give your thoughts on on Lewis yeah I mean I felt maybe maybe Conte maybe Sari could have been managed that he could have come and deputized um you know sort of or actually maybe come back and actually played a few games particularly I think Baker could have could have been a, a pretty good Jorginho understudy for, for Sari but I think you know he he seemed to finally find a place at Reading last season where he was he was being played and he started to look like the player that, that had gone out to Vitesse and, and done so well online. So, you know, I think, again, sort of this point in his career, the amount of, of players that are probably ahead of him from the academy in terms of the pecking order now may be a little bit too much for him to sort of come and sort of, you know, circumvent in, in terms of getting into the, the match they picture. So I've, I've kind of made the point that I think, you know, he's a player that, that should be should be sold and just you know just go and let him get on with his career. You know he may go on and and sort of reach the heights that, that maybe his talent deserved as as a young player. But I think for him now it's it's a question of I suppose going to a club and, and sort of settling down and, and just knowing where you're going to be for the next X amount of years. So you know that, that that for for many young players is important. And you know I think when you you hear some of the criticisms of the loan system from players that have left Chelsea now, it's just this this uncertainty around their career. You know they're living in hotels. They they don't really have a lot of stability in their own personal life. And I think actually Baker's probably at a point now where having that stability and potentially potentially at Reading, someone like that, you know, I think that, that could be a difference maker for him. So I'd, I'd, I'd personally, on a personal level, like him to, to leave and just go and kind of, kind of just get on with his career, really. I think that's a really fair way to put it, too, is like, you know, it hasn't quite clicked. Let's let him go make his decision and, and you know, build a career for himself. It doesn't mean it won't come back for full circle, but... Um, you know, give, give him an opportunity. Uh, all right, so that wraps up midfielders, which means we're on to forwards slash attackers as it's kind of a, a loose term these days for them. So we've got um, Marata's on loan. Obviously, Pulisic will be a keep since he's just got here. So kicking it off, uh, Tammy Abraham, unanimous that we all want to keep, but Dan, I'm, it's a lot for him. I mean, he had a good season in the championship, right? 26 goals is a ton, but it's the Premier League. It is the Premier League, and it is an opportunity, probably the biggest opportunity and chance that Tammy Abraham is going to have. I mean, think about if there was no registration ban, you know, we potentially go out and vie for, Luka Jovic's contract and maybe end up signing him. And then you have Tammy sitting behind one of the hottest young strikers across all of Europe and not just one of the hottest young strikers in the championship last season and winning the golden boot there. 
Um, how, I mean, this is this is the moment. If it's ever going to be a time for Tammy Abraham, he's going to do it here and now. And Olivier Giroud did not score a ton of goals in the Premier League last season on the opportunities he had. So I think while Giroud might start the first couple games this season and Tammy becomes the rotational 70th minute replacement, there's a very high likelihood that he could end up being the person that is the starting striker for Chelsea by the end of the season. And that would be uh, just another magical thing to have happen. Uh, We'll have to kind of see, but I'm open to it. I think a lot of fans are. Uh, Next up, though, is Mishi Batshuayi. Uh, We're all keep Nick bringing back the hashtag minutes for Mishi. uh, Lighthearted support of Mishi. Uh, But Tweeds interesting with Mishi, right? He has history with Pulisic too. So that might be something that plays in his favor. I mean, I think probably at the club, he, he might be the best finisher that we have. Um, the, the criticism that I, I hear of him from people that have, have sort of seen him more regularly, or at least, you know, have some sort of, some ins with coaches who have worked with him is that he just, he doesn't really stick to the, the sort of tactical game plan. I think that's one of the things that I think Conte in particular was very frustrated with him is that he just doesn't really follow the instructions that's being asked of him. However, obviously transfer ban plus Chelsea's finishing last season was at times quite tragic. So I'm very confident if the ball comes about Shuaia in the area, then I think he's going to finish more often than he doesn't. So, I mean, I'd like to keep... I've always felt that he's he's been a little bit kind of maligned. Really. I know we had the whole minutes of Mishi thing when he was here, but I've, I've just felt that he's often just been a little bit overlooked because, you know, because of this whole tactical or football IQ or whatever you want to call it. But, you know, put him in a side that he's maybe creating opportunities. I think he'll score goals. You know, he's, he's got a, a great physical kind of presence. He's, he's very athletic. He's got great pace, but he's, he's also just an excellent finisher as well. So, you know, I think he's someone that maybe is a little bit, uh, you know, people have maybe overlooked in the past, but we're going to have to really rely on him this season because, you know, beyond... You know, beyond Giroud, who's getting on a bit now, Abraham doesn't have the the real sort of, let's say, the, the proven quality at Premier League level, whereas at least Batshuayi we know scores goals. So I think, you know, he he could be someone that, that maybe surprises a few people and actually jumps up the pecking order and maybe becomes our starting striker. Yeah, he had a bit of a rough season last year on loan as well. Um, first half in, in Spain, second half at Crystal Palace, and, you know, we saw some quality. And, you know, from him at Crystal Palace, which you're not really surprised. Uh, William, up next. Um, Nick, he he has circumstantial reasons, right? <laughs> because of the ban, you keep, comma, but, dot, dot, dot. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> Hazard gone. Uh, Callum on the injury list for, for quite a long time with the Achilles. I mean, I... It would be nonsensical to sell him at this point. Although, you know, we've said for two years that if the right offer came in, that it it would make sense for Chelsea to sell him. I don't think you could sell him. There was this rumor out there that he's going to get extended for two more years and possibly be given the number ten shirt, which is absolutely ludicrous to me. But um, either way, I don't think there's any way you could sell him at this point, and a loan isn't an option for a player of his caliber. So. I think he'll keep him. I think he'll start on the left uh, first game of next season. And, you know, you just hope that he, you know, has his best two seasons in a Chelsea shirt, you know, of of his career. And 
that he's able to contribute goals and, and is opened up by the fact that he doesn't have Eden Hazard in front of him. Well, yeah, I think we're going to get a chance to see him play on the left, which is what we think is his best position. So who knows? Obviously, William tends to have his best seasons when the team overall doesn't. So maybe we can get both, right? A good season for the team and a good season for William. You know, pair those things up. Uh, next one, though, is Pedro. Unanimous keeps. Uh, I kind of want to open this one up. Dan, Mike, Tweeds, um, to, to kind of see what you think Pedro will do. If Frank comes in, he wants to do 4-3-3, I think that's good for a player like Pedro. Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in here. I think um, Pedro is going to be important for Frank's system. Frank loves to counterattack. I think his pace uh, and his ability, you know, good sh- in his ability to shoot. Uh, I think he will work well, uh, especially potentially uh, across from um, Christian. You know, some nasty crosses across the box and Pedro there to to finish them up. So I, I think that Pedro still has um, goals to score and uh, potentially hit uh, double digits this season. In the Premier League, at least. Wow, that would be exceptional. Uh, hopefully that's the case. I mean, between William, Pedro... Christian and you know Callum when he returns healthy, uh, the goals are going to need to come from somewhere. And if Pedro could do double digits, then that would be quite wonderful. I mean, we already got the one-year extension from here, so uh, that was activated much, much earlier or added on much, much earlier in the season. So yes, it'd be nice to have him here if he hits uh, ten goals in the or you know ten, eleven goals in the Premier League this season. I think that would be. Uh, right from an expectation standpoint, Joe. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. I mean, I think, again, he's he's been a bit of a peculiar player at Chelsea. He seems to come up with some quite important goals. You know, you, him and William often take turns in sort of who plays well and then starts the next match and then obviously their form drops. It's sort of the the the, the kind of William, Pedro or Wedro, as they're sort of officially known as, the kind of yo-yo between the pair of them. Um, I mean, just a really quick thing previously, just, just talking about William, I, I've seen a lot of people questioning why He's been given a, a two-year contract and same with David Luiz. I think if you look at just briefly that, that Gary Cahill has left the club on a three this season, possibly he's going to go to a Premier League team. I think what Chelsea are, are now wary of doing, particularly with players who are coming to sort of the end of their careers, is that you know if they give them two-year deals, let's say the, the year sort of keeps them obviously at the club during the transfer ban, but then the extra year means that they can actually move them on for some money in, in the sort of the, the, the summer. So... I'm thinking that you might see these sort of two-year contracts become a little bit more prevalent now because, you know, even if, let's say, William is moved on the end of the summer, you know, you don't want him going for nothing. You could still get a couple of million pounds for him. It's the same with David Luiz. Should have been the same with Gary Cahill. So, you know, this this sort of changing tact, I think, probably is going to be more of a commercial thing than a than a commitment to the player. But, yeah, Pedro, definitely keep him. I think he's, he's useful, particularly in, in Lampard's system on, on the counter. But, yeah, just that, that whole contract thing has been, uh, been, been bugging me. So... <laughs> No, fair play. Uh, the last one on our attackers list is not Eden Hazard. It is Callum Hudson Adoy. Let's see. Keep, keep Joe making the new number 10, new Prince of Stanford Bridge. Mike, keep Nick. Oh, it's an Adoy. I don't know, guys. I think we might have to keep him. Uh, the cruciate injury <laughs> is a huge concern. But the Achilles, yes, obviously. Ruptured. Achilles. I always confuse those, mainly because you don't really hear a lot of Achilles uh, injuries in soccer. So anyways, Nick, um, yeah, high potential, huge ceiling for this kid. Great attitude, works hard. 
um, hoping that he gets back very close to where he was pre-injury, of course. And finally, Gonzalo Higuain. I'm just kidding. Um, uh, he's obviously returning to center. Uh, we're, we're not going to box extend him that up. Box him up. <laughs> but tweets exciting to keep Callum. It w- it was looking like he was gone for a while there. I mean, it was it was real that he was thinking about Bayern. Yeah, um, very very touching going January. Um, Fair to say that, that Hudson Adoy's agent and the club were, were definitely not seeing eye to eye. Um, and again, a lot of it came down to, to the manager, you know, the, the manager at the time. Um, I think, uh, again, an, an offshoot of, of Lampard coming back and then obviously sort of all of the the other things that that implies, I think you'll see maybe a lot more young players feel slightly more positive about their futures at, at Chelsea. Um, I think Hudson Adoy again. You know, this is a guy whose whose best position is is coming on from the left hand side as well. So, you know, we've we've Hazard going, and then I should make it very clearly. I'm not saying that that Hudson Adoy is, is going to sort of be the direct Eden Hazard replacement, but you know, for a player that that uh, scored an awful lot of goals in the academy, cutting in on from the left hand side and shooting and finishing with his right hand, uh, right foot, he'll be a, a slightly different player than I think Hazard has been. Where Hazard's sort of more of a a kind of a wire playmaker, I think, you know, Callum more of a, a wide forward. So, you know, when we're talking about goals, if he gets up to speed and starts flying, um, you know, he could be a player. It's a little bit similar to Mohamed Salah, who maybe is one of sort of the main goal outlets for Chelsea in the future. But, you know, huge potential that, you know, there is some some rumours around him potentially signing a new contract. Um, I think that would be be obviously incredible news for the club. Obviously, a little bit of a coup for Lampard as well and, and, and Morris and the coaching staff. But, yeah, this is a guy who... I think if he comes back and, and starts, you know, starts hitting the ground running, starts showing everyone what he can do, particularly from the left hand side, you know, Chelsea are going to be very glad that they've kept him, and hopefully he can go on and become, uh, you know, one of sort of a, a future kind of superstar at Chelsea as well. That is the dream. We've seen the potential. Really excited for him. Um, we'll just kind of have to, as always, keep an eye and see how his recovery goes. But guys, um, I think it's been a pretty successful keep sell loan. Uh, we didn't agree on everything. But I think we can all shake hands and be friends at the end of this. Ah, let us know what you guys think on social media. Overall, um, how many players do you think Chelsea are like need to bring in from loan to kind of round everything out? Like based on the current squad we have, how close do you think we are to being able to compete for top four? I guess that's the way I should put it. Um, do you think we have the loan resources and the youth academy prospects to add to this team? assuming the transfer ban stays in place this summer, to be able to challenge for top four, knowing that we have a new manager. Uh, what do you think, Dan? Oh, boy. Um, Number-wise, I mean, we, we definitely have the talent in our loan army to supplement for a season. I think that, you know, Chelsea find a way to win trophies in the craziest of circumstances. So it would just be absolutely perfect if we win another trophy, finish top four, and have a roller coaster year ahead of us, and uh, you know what? I'm strapped in and ready for it. So uh, I think uh, I think it will be at least a little bit more fun this coming season, Nick, than maybe some of the periods were last season. Uh, fun is uh, is a relative term. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think it'll be interesting, and like you know, certainly uh, if you were a play the youth type uh, person uh, over the last few seasons, then it looks likely that that requirement will be met. And if we finish in my darkest timeline seventh and get knocked out of a bunch of cups, we'll see how people respond to the play the youth thing. But, um, 
yeah, it, it'll be uh, interesting, is, is to say the least. Um, Joe, what do you think? Um, if we had a an extremely good centre forward, I think I'd be I'd be a lot more confident. Um, I think that that to me is is the gaping sort of chasm in the team is that we we don't have one of these elite strikers. You know, when you look at City and you look at Liverpool and you look at sort of teams around us, they tend to have that that sort of centre forward that can mask for a lot of the issues in the team. And I don't think necessarily that we have that with with Batshuayi, with with Tammy, with Giroud. Um, but I mean, I'm still, I, I still, I'm, I'm pretty positive in terms of the guys coming back. I actually think a lot of the the areas of the team will be slightly improved from last season just by, you know, bringing Zima back. And, and if if Bakayoko can can recreate some similar form, I think that we're actually adding a bit of quality there. It's just in the final third and goals, and that, that's the concern. And, and maybe it should be a big concern for us is just you know obviously losing Hazard and not really having a let's say, a, a proper recognised Premier League centre-forward at this point in time that's going to get you that sort of 20-goal minimum that you want. I'm quite happy with goalkeepers. I'm happy with the, the sort of defenders we've got available. Happy with the midfielders. It's just that final third where, you know, I, I'm looking at sort of some of the numbers that, that Pulisic has done, that Williams done, that Pedro's done over the past few years. Obviously, Hudson is always still a bit of an unknown quantity. I just don't know if we're going to have the goals um, really to sort of, to, to be, you know, super, super comfortable in terms of top four. But, you know, I think Lampard proved last season that he can, you know, he can work with with a team that maybe doesn't have have the greatest striking options in the championship. So, you know, you've got to be sort of confident that, that maybe that can be replicated. But yeah, I'm I'm happy with happy with the squad. I would I would have loved to have been able to go out and get a, get a top centre forward. But you know, hopefully someone emerges from that sort of forward group that that can, you know, be the difference maker in games. And if if we have to win games one nil, you know, so be it. But you know, it's going to be an interesting season, as you say. The main thing is is just to get through the the transfer ban, whether that's you know for for one window or two, um, just to make it towards the end of the season, and then sort of readjust and see where we need to go from there. But yeah, I'm, I'm confident we've got the ability to come top four, but it's going to take I think someone to emerge as a as a starting caliber centre forward for us. Yeah, no, I think that I think it's a good call. Obviously, goals uh, are the difference between well being relegated and staying up, and then same thing at the top of the table being in the hunt for the title and trophies versus, you know, battling it out for top four. So we'll have to go and see. But anyone, as always, let us know what you thought about our opinions and let us know what yours are about these players. Obviously, nothing's right or wrong. It's all about just keeping the discussion going and trying to figure out, uh, you know, what we can do as, um, you know, football managers this season because that's what we're doing. We're just playing the game, real-life simulators. So... Uh, anyways, Joe, a huge thanks for you joining us as always. We've missed you, man. Yeah, yeah, pleasure as always, guys. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to get through uh, a few more in the summer. I'm sure we will. Obviously, Nick, Dana, Mike, a huge thank you to you as well. Listeners, even more thanks go your way for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. And until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.